it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between the physical, spiritual, emotional, and intellectual aspects of who we are as human beings. And it is always much more complicated than what it appears because, you know, we kind of work in each area a little bit every day, hopefully. But then keeping those dots connected is the trick. And if you can do that, then energetically you will flow through life much more easily than otherwise. Uh, Doug Warner is my returning guest. But before we get started, I always tell people, go check out www synergyconnectionradio.com and if you are at that la, uh, site you're going to see a link into Boomers Forever Young and uh, their products I've been using for the last four years they are a sponsor of the show but I will tell you that uh, staying healthy in the midst of these last two years has been critical for everyone that I know and even those that have been vaccinated are now facing a booster. I heard this morning that they might even be looking at a fourth booster. And so I think a lot of people are going to be taking vaccines on a regular basis, maybe for the rest of their lives. Um, you can get the vaccine and still get a breakthrough virus. We all know that now. So what's the answer? Okay, so the answer in my mind at least is definitely if you need to be vaccinated, go take the vaccines. But in conjunction with that, I want you to consider knowing these two numbers. Uh, your D is in dog three, uh, needs to be above 70, and it's a simple blood test. So you can either ask your doctor to order one for you, or you can do it with your physical, your annual physical. You do need to ask for the test, however, because they won't give it to you just normally, even with their blood panel work that they're doing. The other one is a C-reactive protein. You want that number to be below one. And if you know those two numbers, if your immune system is functioning above 70, if your inflammation level is below one, you're gonna be able to handle anything, bar none. You, you will be able to do it, but you need to be proactive. And I think these last two years has taught us the importance of taking personal responsibility for our health. Um, it is not a matter of just your physician. Your physician will work with you, but you need to take some responsibility yourself. Uh, get some exercise, make sure your sleep is good, uh, make sure that you're eating healthy uh, foods, uh, watch your weight, all those kinds of things are really, really important. All right, so um, Doug is a yoga and meditation teacher, as well as a certified labyrinth facilitator. And he's going to be going off and doing some of that this coming spring. Um, I've done a labyrinth walk with Doug, and it was such fun. And it does um, help you kind of go within and recognize what you maybe need to let go of at the moment and what would be a healthy um maybe uh, attitude or um, what, I don't know how to put it, but something that you want to bring into your life. So when we did the labyrinth walk a couple of years ago, that's what I was exposed to and I loved it. Um, he's also a Florida licensed massage therapist 
and you can find him at Warner Healing Guidance um, if you want to be in touch with him and that is also going to be on the uh, notes uh, if you are looking at Spotify or iHeartRadio or you know one of the podcasts that you're listening to uh, the synopsis note always has a link into finding each of my guests. Okay, good. And I just thank you for uh, introducing Lucy. Thank you for all of you being here. I just wanted to add one thing about if you if you are really interested in contacting me, either in reference to something we did today, or um, more interested in the labyrinth because I do travel um, and do retreats and workshops teaching people how to uh, use the labyrinth as a moving meditation tool. So you can hit any of those contacts that are um, on, on, our st- on the uh, website, on the Spotify. Yeah, Spotify or any of the others. Oh, the, yeah. Right. And uh, you can get me at Douglas at WarnerHealingGuidance.com. So that's that. All right. And we're going to be talking today about a topic that, you know, we were bantering back and forth before we started recording. But becoming a healing presence in the world. And um, I know a lot of people, you know, including myself, when you mentioned that that was going to be our topic, I was like, okay, so what is a healing presence? I thought I sort of knew, but I did a little bit of investigating just to see what uh, Google would say about what a healing presence is. And so why don't you share, you know, what a well, healing presence actually yeah, is? Well, you know, that's, I'm almost going to turn it back to you in a second. Because mm-hmm. when I, I do this as a workshop, um, the three-part workshop, but one of the first things we talk about, what is a healing presence? And I think what's more, most important is that we all kind of reflect on that and identify persons or people in our lives that we've looked as models of being a healing presence if we can, because those are the ones, and what that meant to you is going to be more important than what the dictionary says. But I started with the, dic- the Google too. I Google <laughs> okay. and I said, okay. So I asked the class, what is it, or I asked the group, what does it mean to you? What are the traits? Maybe one or two word answers. Maybe just, I'm going to throw some, you know, if you think about somebody who's a healing presence, you know, or maybe something you were hoping to move towards as someone who wants to be a healing presence. Mm-hmm. So what, am, what is it, I, uh, where, where am I going? What do I, when people say Lucy or Doug, what do they think? What, what comes up? And so I'm going to ask you, Lucy, just two identifiers or adjectives or whatever you want to say for what you think a healing presence is, a person who is? Accepting. Accepting. Uh, kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, gentle energy, that's two words. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, so the first one you said was? Accepting. Accepting, which is, if we redefine that, is less judging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now we start to say, well, wait a minute, accepting, but there's, I can accept something, but I may still judge it. So if we can, and I, I agree with you 100%, if you feel like you're not being judged by someone, that is a healing presence. Um, I think a great trait. But being present, just how do I be present? What does it mean to actually be present for someone else or present in a situation? It means that someone who's not as distracted, mm-hmm. they're not, they don't have the baggage holding them down, right. that kind of thing. I think for a lot of people in today's world in particular, they're so hooked to their phones yeah. <laughs> or some sort of device uh, for information that they're failing to get information from others. You know, just being able to interact, you oh. know, on some human level. And so having eye contact, you know, is part of that. Being able to actually 
connect in a visceral way with another person rather than through your phone. Yeah, I agree. And we, uh, we've talked about this in other, work, other classes or other uh, recordings about um, human communication as a, you know, a sort of pie chart. Mm-hmm. And words, actual words, are only 15% of the human communication en- engagement. 15% of words, but how, we, we rely 100% on just words when we're electronically communicating. Right. We're missing the energy, the body language, the facial exactly. expressions. Even exactly. if you're doing a Zoom session, you're still not getting the whole thing. No, you're really not. Um, and, and it requires a certain amount of effort to pay attention. It does. Uh, because we're used to being distracted. So the whole point of being present, I think just being, you know, that person's really present. They're, they're listening to me. Learning to listen is another aspect mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. A healing presence. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anything else come to mind? Because I, I think the folks listening to this, they're going to start, you know, if, you, if you're not already, maybe jotting some ideas down mm-hmm. um, what it means to be a healing presence. Do you, do you have a think of someone? Oh, there have been several people in my lifetime that mm-hmm. I that I thought were definitely, and they were they were encouraging, they were supportive, they listened well, uh, they did do eye contact, they asked questions, um, you know, they showed that uh, you were important to them, and I th- I think there's so few people that get that, you know, that e- even with their spouses or their partners they don't always feel that connection. They mm-hmm. don't always feel mm-hmm. like I'm important in your life. Yep. And so if that isn't there, then is there really a healing presence you know, in mm. that relationship? I, I think the word healing, the way I like to use it, I know we sometimes defining our terms, which I usually do up front. Healing to me comes more from the original Greek of the word, Greek meaning of the word to make whole again. Mm-hmm. So where you see fragmentation in a dysfunctional way, how is your presence, how is it that you can be an agent or a catalyst, mm-hmm. you know, for, for that, let's bring things together for mm-hmm. healing. So I, I'm looking at, you know, different levels too. So we're looking at people who are healing presence, presences, not only in relationship to other humans, but into, let's say, for lack of a better word, the environment or mm-hmm. earth, these mm-hmm. kinds of creation. Mm-hmm. So people who may not, may even be a recluse, but their their efforts and their energy are going to do something that's moving towards wholeness right. in their little part of the world. Right. Um, everybody hears me talk about uh, Crystal Beach, which is a park that's pretty close to where I live. And uh, a year ago, uh, the day after Christmas, we donated a little library there. And so the healing presence in my mind was to bring literacy to maybe people or bring, um, because there are some homeless people and I've watched them go get a book, which I think is really cool. Or I've watched a grandparent take a grandson or a daughter into the gazebo to read to them. But people pass that little library and they know that, you know, there's a book there for them to take with them, even if they don't have one to share, but they can take the book free of charge. The next thing we did in March was we planted um, a bunch of flowers and took this fountain that was in really bad shape and made it beautiful. And so I think those are healing presences. Absolutely. um, That you're giving 
to maybe people that you'll never ever meet. Right. But the idea is that you're making that part of the world a little bit better. Right. That's how, I mean, it's a grassroots approach to, mm-hmm. you know, everybody does a, a little bit and a lot gets done. Exactly. And these are good examples. I think of that healing presence and think as you got, as people start to think about, well, what does that mean? I know I've had people that were, um, you and I both have done energy work, uh, body work and things like that. So that is always a theme and, you know, you don't want to bring your stuff to the game. No. You leave your stuff at home and that's a big part of, you know, Interacting in a business, whether you're a business person or a medical person or uh, in, in a spiritual direction, you know, business-wise, mm-hmm. it's about being, leave your, leave your baggage at home and then being present. I think that that's one of the most powerful things. Mm-hmm. That's what we were giving examples of. Mm-hmm. And this isn't meant to give you, everybody should do the following things. First, you need to be a healing presence of the world, you need to recycle and you need to do this and you need to reduce and you need to do the... Right. That's not what this is about. It's establishing a mindset and that mindset will then translate into your actions. And if everything... Once I think your perspective on becoming a healing presence, that's be, that becomes something you want to have in your life, mm-hmm. then you don't need to have a step-by-step plan. No, and in a way... Isn't that a beautiful way to describe finding your purpose? If your purpose in life is to be a healing presence, then however you want to do it is fine. Just you just showing up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is maybe, you know, and it takes the stress of, off of. I feel so stressed because I don't know what to do. Exactly. And so we translate, and sometimes what we do, all the intentions in the world being good, they. They may be counterproductive because it, there's no there's no guidance, mm-hmm. there's no direction. So taking on the mindset of becoming a healing presence, I think, is a great. Um, what do I want to say? It's a package. It's a great package to mm-hmm. anything that you're doing with that mindset. Right, and we're all different ages, yeah. and so you know the age of a healing presence with a young uh, mother and dad, you know, with little ones, might be just to be patient, mm-hmm. you know, with their uh, children. Or if you're a grandparent, to be patient with your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a healing presence. Absolutely. Or putting your hands on somebody. And you don't have to do a massage. You just can lay your hands on their shoulder and, you know, send in support. You know, yep. I'm here. I'm giving you space. Absolutely. I, great. All right. So maybe just to kind of a little bit of an overview of how I want to... This is a huge topic. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's really gets a lot of good conversation. So the part, first part here is we're kind of thinking about what it means to be a healing presence for us. It's a personalized thing, but there's some, there's, there, I think we all have some overlap of what we're looking for. You know, mm-hmm. confidence, you know, um, being cool under fire, you know, this <laughs> kind of thing. Those are the, we start thinking, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the person who was a solution, not a problem. Right, because a lot of times if people are super stressed, then all of that healing presence kind of goes out the window. It can. And all of a sudden you're engaged in an area that you don't want to be engaged in because of stress. And so maybe part of that is also learning just to take some deep breaths and say, whoops, I'm, I'm beginning to feel this agitation. And so if I want my presence to be healing, I need to slow it down. Which means being present and listening <laughs> to yourself. And listening to and, yourself. And listening, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. absolutely. Awesome. Well, so the first thing I would like to propose and is a where a place to start is what is the foundational problem that we're looking at? The world's kind of in a place where I think we're in agreement, most people, that 
it's there's things things are not working. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is the first time really with with scientific um, back backing to it, we run the risk of being annihilated. Yes. As a species. Yes. If we I'm, don't pay attention. If we don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is not sitting with an aperitif <clears throat> and and philosophizing now. Now this is like okay, folks. Yeah, a hundred years ago we might have philosophized. Right. <laughs> but, but not but now. now it's it's kind of not there. So. Mm-hmm. Where do we start? How did we get here? Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem because, as Einstein, according to Einstein, <coughs> you know, as I did earlier, I would say Einstein said the mind that created the problem can't be the same mind that solves the problem. No, right. So this means that when, so when we talk this way, I talk about our story. Every culture has a story that they work out of, and they form their mores and their their behavior patterns and their opinions and all these things out of that, right? And at this point, right, I'll just cut to the chase. At this point, right now, I think most of us would agree that we are in a monoculture in the world. There's little enclaves of indigenous peoples. There's little places, but I said, you know, it's not just America. It's it's Europe. It's Asia. There's a cultural mm-hmm. a cultural paradigm. I call it a story. Well, we're all connected, you know, more, more than ever ever before. I mean, years ago, you had to take a ship. You didn't yeah, have right. an airplane. Right. And now, you know, you can be in Europe in a short period of time, and everybody knows what's going on everywhere in the world. But we're also working off of, I agree with you, and that has facilitated the, the acceleration of mm-hmm. this monoculture, meaning that the, for the most part, the values of someone in Japan are going to be very similar, at least in an economic sense, to the values in America. Mm-hmm. For, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. got a little. So the problem is the story that that comes out of has shaped our thinking from the beginning. The first thing we do, we need to realize, we have to accept and realize that we need a new story. Mm-hmm. Because you're not gonna say, if, if your story t- says to you all the implications of your culture's teaching, it's okay to throw trash on the ground and walk on. Back in the 60s, people did it all the time. Right. And, but your culture was informing you, which means all the layers of people in your culture, that, that's okay. Right. So it goes deep here. So looking at just some of the highlights of the culture, the current cultural paradigm that I propose, we need, we need to, I say we need a new story, we need a new interpretation of an old story. Right. You know, I was in um, Wisconsin the end of August, and I was fortunate enough to meet with a gal uh, who has been on my show now, who is uh, Native American, she's an Oneida nation. And we have spent a lot of time talking about that very thing is that, you know, the Native Americans, regardless of tribe, always valued Mother Earth. They always recognized, you know, the importance of taking care of her. And I think somehow over the hundreds of years now, um, you know, we've forgotten that. It's all about, you know, more and, you know, what can I do to use the earth to make me happy, you know, whatever that business model might have been, mm-hmm. rather than working with the earth, you know, for the benefit of all. And so we've got to go back to that, in my mind. That's exactly where the old, that's the new, the new old story. Mm-hmm. The story we're working off of right now, this mm-hmm. needs to be changed. You're mm-hmm. kind of proposing really the solution, which I agree with you, uh, is we, a lot of people don't look at, well, I'm going to give some bullet points here mm-hmm. of, and there's more. If you guys think of it, you know, jot it down and please contact us and let have a conversation. What are some of the cultural premises that we don't even say aloud to ourselves? 
number one, I think first and foremost, that they're humans are the most important living thing on the planet. We've already put ourselves at the top, at the top, <laughs> and everything comes down to some sort of stratification. Right. Um, and back to what you were saying with the indigenous people, they don't they don't put humans at the top. No. All of creation is at the same level. They're different, but not one with, with more value. So right off the bat, humans are more important than any other thing here. Right. That's something we've been working off on a long time. Right. Number two, culturally speaking, uh, we have the right, and I'm going to quote the Old Testament. I had a really good discussion with the minister about this uh, when I'm putting together this retreat I'm doing. And I said, I believe that in the Old Testament, when it says in the book of Genesis, God gave dominion of the earth over, you know, man has dominion over the earth, basically. Uh-huh. And... Um, it, it's a translation of a word, and we, so we talked about that. I said, "Don't dominion means comes from the Latin dominus, means to lord or to you're the lord of something. Mm-hmm. Man then is the lord of the earth. Well, you start to see what comes problems start to come with that is that anything then the first thing that's important in any decision needs to be based, based on man. Uh, you, all right. So the second thing is that we because we're the lords of the earth, we can we can do whatever we want with the rest of the planet with anything we we can do whatever we can enslave them we can kill them we can butcher them and we've done all that. and we've done all that we're continuing to do that right, all right so those are two huge cultural premises that are but there's something else that is in the bible um and that is you know god's commandment that we take care of his garden well we got kicked out of the garden right <laughs> <laughs> so it's a hard to tend the garden when you're not in okay but we didn't actually get kicked out we kicked ourselves out we kicked the, ourselves. and this is metaphor folks we're not trying we're, this isn't a bible class mm-hmm. but i agree with you so the word i would propose as a and i'm not alone in this by the way uh replace dominion with stewardship stewardship yeah that goes to what you just said right right we have it's we have a perspective mm-hmm. or as we develop our perspective which we haven't quite got there yet that we realize our position in all of this and our responsibility in all this. Mm-hmm. Not what, you know, it's like what Kennedy said, don't ask what your country can do for you, what can you do for your country? For your country. And same yeah. thing for Earth. Instead, we've been saying, what the what can the Earth give me? Mm-hmm. What, Whether it's oil or gold whatever. or diamonds or, or whatever. Or people. Or people. Or animals right, or right. whatever it is, trees. What can he, what can, as, as opposed to flipping it, what can I do? Right. And, and to kind of consider how do you keep it all in balance? Because well, the balance is critical at this point. How do you keep which in balance? Your, yourself or the whole picture? The whole picture. Because it's not I mean, our job. Yeah. It's not our job to worry about the whole picture. Yeah, but we can do our part. We do our part by understanding the whole picture within us. Right. We can say, okay, I get the, I get the issue. Now, where, where did I fit in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that goes into something we've talked about. We can revisit Dharma and Karma mm-hmm. that we talked about in one of our other sessions. So part of this healing presence is identifying the story we're living, and there's a lot of, first of all, money is, you know, the high, the more money you have, the more respect you get. That's what our, our possessions, that's our, our culturist hold is. In fact, the, he who hoards the most usually gets the most adulation in one way or the other, or at least a lot of attention. <laughs> okay, whereas in native cultures, it was, you know, it wasn't, the person who had the most esteem culturally was one who gave away the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we start to see there's, and, and I'll let you all kind of play with that in your head, because we could talk about this for days. 
<laughs> but right. the idea is, wait a minute, what else, what else have I been taught that's not necessarily right? Mm-hmm. So people, okay, so we just review. People are the most, humans are the most important parts of creation. So everything's filtered through that, that humans have the right to, you know, they have dominion over the earth. They're out there. They can exploit, kill, or enslave as at will. Okay, and this right there, if I just stop right there, that plus the adulation of money and possessions, mm-hmm. and the, which leads to a very inequitable distribution of wealth. Right, and all you have to do is go back in history and look at the wars. Sure. And they were all fought over those things. Absolutely. They're all, almost inevitably they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, let, so there's the story, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's more to it. We could do a lot more with that, but take those three points that what has, where we've gotten right now with state of the planet, state of the world. Mm-hmm. I think if you looked at those three things, a, a big chunk of what's going on here is about those three things. It is. It is. It is. You know, it's, so, I, okay, so building, so we're building a new story, which is really the old story, that humans were all part of a, a web of life. Um, this is very much the indigenous um, and maybe we've recognized, yeah, I think, I think we've recognized this web. Maybe in the past we were so focused on the United States, you know, and only looking at that little aspect that we didn't stop to think about other countries that also had a stake in the environment or had a stake in uh, humanity. We, know, are, just, we are definitely looking at that differently. We, mm-hmm. that what I do, but for so long we didn't. Mm-hmm. And we're reaping the results of... Mm-hmm. That ignorance. Right. Uh, I can I can do this halfway across the planet, and nobody's going to and know. nobody's going to know. Right. And it doesn't matter. Or we can just bury it under the ground. Well, I mean, if you just look at um, forest fires, for instance, yeah. I mean, a lot of them. I don't know whether it's half, but it seems like it might be close to that. Are not caused by nature. You know, with mm. lightning strikes, they're caused by humans being careless, and then thousands and thousands of animals die, and trees die, and you know, homes are burned down because somebody just wasn't thinking. No. So there's a, I think adopting the newer story is part of the solution. It's probably the hardest part here. Mm-hmm. And start to look at why am I doing what I do? Everything down to why am I doing this work? Why am I doing this job? Why am I in this relationship? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And realize how much impact that cultural story has had on our entire lives. But we're realizing that there's some, I believe, that there's some huge cracks, some huge problems with that paradigm. Because it's led us, you know, for over 10, that, this story is only about 10,000 years old. Mm-hmm. This new story that's screwing us up. Mm-hmm. The old humans since their inception have been living the old story up to about 10,000 years ago. And there was a cultural shift. And this is not a sociology or anthropology class here, but there was a shift. And when people, you know, it, it could be an economics class too, or a topic, is that when people started to be able to accumulate wealth without a moral, spiritual paradigm mm-hmm. to distribute it appropriately and to, you know, make it work, you know, before that, it was, it was, it was more primitive physically, but there was more advanced spiritually, whether it was the Australian Aborigines and Native Americans. So, mm-hmm. so the idea is that, okay, Doug, you said that we all have to go into the woods now and learn thoughts. <laughs> and I said, no, I said the, the challenge is going to be is I've, I'm, I'm realizing the inequity, the problems with the old story, and I start to replace it with the new, I mean, actively replace it with the new story. 
Um, you know, one of the things that is being recommended by a lot of people, including physicians, is, you know, getting away from such a meat consumption diet. You know, that's pretty simple to do. Making one or two meals a week, uh, vegetarian by nature. There's um, Beyond Burgers is something I was Mm. recently introduced to. I love them. And, you know, they're not soy-based, so you don't have to be concerned about soy for a lot of people. You know, they can't eat soy products because of cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, so it... I, there's little things that we can do that are not too difficult, uh, just you know by virtue of growing maybe something that you could eat or uh, by recycling. You know, if, yep. if you're not recycling, but I mean, just small, small changes that if everyone did them, it would begin to make an overall difference. Absolutely, and, and bring back you know again healing presence in the world is about that it's the word world which encompasses people right but also encompasses animals and plant life and everything else absolutely absolutely so i think that the once we that's an ongoing this is an ongoing exercise is you know starting to reverse the story maybe mm-hmm. start to put the brakes on the old story how it drives your life start to look at the elements of the old new story that's it the old you know um i want to say indigenous folks of the world who throughout history who have lived a certain way and, it didn't, and the earth didn't get screwed up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, in a very short period of time, yeah. our story has led us to a place of big problems. So working on our own on story. Now, we also have to realize as a subset of that, very briefly, we have our personal stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I call them the, um, you know, the rants and chants, where they have the cultural rants and the personal chants. Okay. And or vice versa. And basically, the stuff you know, my my enculturation. We learn our culture. Well, we learn our culture in the last what, fifty years a lot from television media. Yes. Yes. But prior to that, we had you know family. It was the stories that we told. The stories that we told the 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 way you your family whatever your values your family put there in your in your school your education your religion your spiritual traditions all of these things. And then advertising. All these things form what we personally are working out of. You've got the cultural story, and then you've got your personal story that's getting. So we have layers of things to work on, to be aware of. Maybe that's where some of the difficulty has come in the last, let's say, 10 years in particular, is that we're being inundated with television values, let's say, that might go against some of our either moral or Christian or otherwise values. And and so it's making a very um, difficult situation for a lot of people because they don't like who is in politics at, yeah. at the moment or they don't like what they're being told they have to do um, from a health mm-hmm. point of view or mm-hmm. something else. Yeah, I, I think that we can, as we work on the story, and understanding how to, we start to make small changes in our life. Mm-hmm. We start to say, okay, where am I getting the, what is the biggest proponent or the biggest advertiser of the old story values, which we know is media. We talk about television mm-hmm. and these types of things. Um, so one of the first things you might do is turn off the TV. Right. <laughs> just don't listen to it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be very, much more selective. Go, go for a walk, you know, yeah, go spend time else. with your family. Right, right. And starting to kind of connect with that original World Wide Web we talked about. Uh-huh. It's an energetic web. It's not just economically what happens across the ocean. 
it impacts us economically or but environmentally but also energetically at a very core human level right we feel it we do feel it and we don't often understand that so uh, so working on that story moving it out of an old story paradigm working out of a new old story number one number two then one of the, the skill sets it taught or areas would be becoming a better channel of energy mm-hmm. one of the things you and I've talked about in other shows is um, especially when we're doing you're doing energy work or body work is you realize very soon that you, you you're not using your energy your personal energy if you are you're going to get depleted pretty fast mm-hmm. so the idea is, is that you're channeling energy and mm-hmm. then I think there are audience here is, so if they're listening to these programs this is not a new concept in the yoga tradition we call it prana um, in the Chinese tradition is qi, Japanese it's ki. This idea of there's an animating life force that uh, permeates the universe and animates us in our lives. Mm-hmm. And optimally for health and, and you know, well-being, we want to be, be able to bring that energy in effectively and it will you know, physically help us and mentally, spiritually help us. So, mm-hmm. so being a better channel, and I think this is important because uh, we don't understand sometimes what can... How, how come I'm not what I'm thinking I'm trying to be a healing presence but what's in the way so I think of a garden hose mm-hmm. you know and the garden hose does not produce the water right we're the garden hose it's a channel it's a channel it's a conduit mm-hmm. it, 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 mm-hmm. it, it, it's to bring energy in direct it in a certain way mm-hmm. and energy goes out mm-hmm. the only time that hose is ineffective if you clog it or kink or kink it yeah. Okay, which if I kink you could you would say is a physical maybe that would be a physical ailment you know or there's a crack in the hose. Uh-huh. Um, if you've got dirt or here in Florida a lizard caught in your in yeah, that hose sand <laughs> sand then you've got an internal blockage. Right. So right. things physically things can keep us from being conduits of energy, um, but mental emotional spiritual um, aspects can also be blockages. Well, you and I both have talked about um, chakras mm-hmm. in the body. And um, some of the people that are listening right at the moment may not be familiar with that word, but chakras are energy centers. Mm-hmm. And so that clogging that you're talking about, whether it's a lizard or sand, if you have a blockage, for instance, in the root chakra, and, and all of you can go and kind of look up the word chakra, which is C-H-A-K-R-A, uh, but you know, you have six internal ones. You have one that's slightly above your head called the crown. And when you're ready, you know, you can open the crown to receive energy from outside sources. So there's 12. The 12th one is uh, linking you back to divine energy. And that is healing energy at that point. Um, But, you know, you can look at the ones in your body. And so you have the roots, you have the sacral, you have you know, the heart, you have the throat, you have the third eye, I mean, they're stacked. But if you have a kink, or if you have, um, you know, some sort of energetic blockage going on there, then it's very difficult to be a conduit. I mean, you need to go in and kind of heal that area in order to open the channel so that you can be a healing presence. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's and that's that's a big that's pretty much in a nutshell what we have to do. I mean, and so it is. You know, these life practices like yoga, for instance, mm-hmm. they're the real. I'm going to say if I had to boil it down to what one purpose is of all of yoga originally, 
was to be a conduit of energy. All the breath work that they do in uh, pranayama, prana, yama means restriction or restraint. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, all of it was, you know, to use the body, the body in its optimum, back to the garden, what was it, how was it designed to be used? Mm -hmm. um, how are we supposed to breathe and what, what's to eat and how do we know all these things? Um, so your health, this is where your health, this second part of being a conduit for energy, both your physical health to the best of your ability and your mental emotional health and your spiritual health come into play here. Mm -hmm. And through self-observation, being present for yourself, the first person you need to be present with is yourself. So this is where meditation comes in, is a very big tool for that. Um, is you start to identify, I have this chronic back pain, and I can't think of anything else right now. And it distracts me, you know, I can barely do my job. I'm just, I'm hypothetical, this is a hypothetical. That is getting in the way of you being a healing presence. It's causing you stress, it's causing, now, I, you, we do the best we can, you know, with whatever we've got going. But maybe there's things that I can do. Well, maybe if I just didn't do this and this, I might be able to work with that back. So identifying, objectively observing ourselves. Now, we have a whole, a whole program for this. Um, so we know, well, what, what's really going on with me? I'm off, with, I'm off today. I'm off right now. I'm just, you know, I'm dropped into this little self-observation, being present for myself, and I realize I'm angry. I didn't even consciously realize I was angry, mm. but I've been angry all day. And that anger has put a clog in that hose for you, and it has blocked or distorted any energy flow. So with that anger clogging you as the garden hose, you've walked through the day being less than. So we, we have, as we get better at self-observing, well, is it a physical issue? Is it my diet? Is it something I can take control over? Because it's not just for me to live longer, uh -huh. it's for me to live more effectively as a healing presence. Right, right. Because, so, I mean, if, if you're stuck in pain or anger, you know, at the root of, of the pain, then, yeah, you're not going to be effective for yourself or anybody else. No. So keeping that energy flowing and um, in the workshop, which was not... Uh, it was a live workshop. We actually did some anal, uh, some energy channeling mm -hmm. with the handsome with mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. foot. Uh, so that also is work has worked into being a healing presence and just going into because I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about going into nature is a great place to be healed, mm -hmm. but it's also a great place to be just rooted and grounded as a healing presence. I think that. It's not just, most of the time when we go into the, the woods or the park or wherever you go to the beach, I'm always thinking, well, I'm trying to get something from nature. Right. I, want, I want nature to heal me. I want nature, I want to, you know, I want this whole thing, which is natural, right? Mm -hmm. But have you ever gone into nature with, what can I do for you? Do you know, I'm going to go back to the park again, um, but there is a tree there. It's a live oak tree. And they've had to prune the heck out of it over the years because, as you know, they can be very big, you know, in nature. And sometimes the uh, branches are just so heavy they're, you know, in danger of falling and mm -hmm. so they'll prune it. Well, this one tree has just been pruned and pruned and pruned. And um, so we actually hug the tree mm -hmm. when we're there, you know, just to say, you know, we, we love you and, um, you know, we're so happy that you're still with us because it probably is three or four hundred years old 
and still has a lot of big branches. But a lot of it, you know, has disappeared over time because it had to be cut back. And I think, um, you know, going into nature, there, there is such a thing, and I know you're aware of it, called forest breathing. Mm-hmm. And so for people out in California that have a lot of uh, eucalyptus around them, mm-hmm. you know, breathing that, if you are, um, you know, like, I love pine trees. Mm-hmm. And so I love the smell of pine. So if you can be, you know, in a woods or cedar trees around here, have a really nice aroma. But, you know, giving back to them by just being aware and saying thank you. Thank you for being here. I think that's yeah, that's that's right on the money is what we always are looking to take. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, it, it, it brings to mind a little something we'll talk about maybe the next time, uh, referencing this topic and some other things we can do. But uh, what we are so used to taking without saying thank you. You mm-hmm. see on, in the movies and you maybe read things about you know, indigenous practices or Native American practices, if something's taken, there has to be an exchange. It right. might be an offering of tobacco. Now that plant doesn't need tobacco necessarily, but it's a spiritual, it's, it's a an spiritual exchange connection. of spiritual energy, which right. we, 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 we're almost totally devoid of it. Remember the movie Avatar that came out yeah. a number of years ago? Yeah. They're, they're bringing a new one out at the end of 2022. But when they killed to eat, yep. they always thanked the animal they were no. killing for giving its life so that they could live. Right, right. And I, and I think that what that is, is part of develop, coming into that new old story mm-hmm. is about coming back to or adopting instead of an I-it um, relationship with nature, it's an I-thou. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's so, an us, for and sure. It's, and it's definitely an us, mm-hmm. you know. And to recognize it's a two-way street. It is, yeah. And I think that's a big part of all of a sudden, instead of trying to get something from nature, which we're always trying to get nutrients or we're trying to get you know resources, but just what you just said, be, that's being a healing presence in that nature, mm-hmm. little that place you were you know, the, with the tree. Mm-hmm. These, are, these seem like little things, but we, the more we do this, and I think nature is a great place for us to also... Uh, we're going to talk about next time um, accepting cycles of life, accepting death as part of life. Mm-hmm. And one of the best places that we can go observe that is in nature. Right. And it doesn't have to be an elk dying, but you just see a leaf fall off a tree. Right. There and, was a book that Leo Biscaglia wrote years ago mm-hmm. called Freddie the Leaf. Did you ever hear of it? I've heard of it. No, I haven't read it. And it's a short it's a really nice children's book to read to a child who's had a pet die mm-hmm. or grandparent maybe or something. But it's about this leaf and he's so full of himself when he first comes out because he realizes that he provides shade and that people admire him. And then towards the end, you know, all of his friends that are leaves have all dropped off. He's one of the last ones holding on. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that life is also about, you know, um, being able to say, I'm letting go. And so he lets go of the tree and floats to the snow, you know, and his life is over. But he knows that he'll come back in the spring. I get it. I mean, I th- and I think that's going to be really, that's, that's a very concise little um, theme, mm-hmm. of what I want to say, a teaser for the next, for the next recording. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about this idea of letting go and detaching. Right. Uh, now, and these, these steps... I'm proposing these as not sequential, 
you don't have to like perfectly adopt a new story mm-hmm. before you try to you mm-hmm. know be a conduit for energy or go to the next step. These right. are things that we're going to be developing in ourselves, in our lives, you know, equally, simultaneously. Right. Uh, and, and you can look at the parts that maybe are not serving you as well anymore right. as, as you look at your beliefs and let go of those in order to become more of a healing presence. And a lot of folks, and I mean, I, I, I can say I, I was, am, if you will, one if, in a certain degree. I came kind of full circle. But anyway, people letting go of rituals and ceremonies that don't, they're empty to them. Mm-hmm. And in, in our next talk, we're going to talk about how to reintroduce um, ritual and ceremony to a certain degree. That's healthy, meaningful. That's meaningful. meaningful. That's, you know, that's yeah. meaningful to you because they, it's a very powerful um, tool. I'm, I'm going to share a, a little story here. Um, you know, many years ago, um, I was Catholic, and um, I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore, but it was a part of my life for quite a long mm-hmm. time. And my son was maybe six or seven, and we were uh, at Mass, um, and and I don't know that this happens so much anymore, truly I don't, but at that particular time in the church that I was attending, uh, after communion, a lot of them walked you know, straight out the back of the church, mm-hmm. and so my son at six or seven goes, Mom, why is everybody leaving? You know, Because obviously the Mass wasn't over, mm-hmm. but they had done what they came to do, and they were leaving. No. And trying to explain that to somebody who was six or seven yeah. was not easy. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. I, was, I grew up Catholic as well. I was an altar boy, so back when the Mass was in Latin. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another interesting thing, because, you know, I, and then I, as I became a teenager, and I, I became so incredibly intelligent and insightful uh, so I decided to throw pretty much everything out, and then I had to select and <laughs> Which pick and choose one way to break in. So as I got a yeah. little smart, yeah. um, what to bring back. But uh, anyway, the, so we're looking at uh, kind of a it's a good place to reflect. Um, the time between the shows is taking some of these ideas, just for the two, the idea of old story versus new story, and we need a new story. Without a new story, we won't make it. Right, right. It, it, we won't. That's that's why I think it's so critical. Because it, we we get conflicted information from media and stuff about what's the next thing to do. What mm-hmm. should you do, be doing? You know, a big glossy magazine simplify. What does that mean? Well, yeah, but it's a big glossy <laughs> magazine, and all they're doing right, is selling you right, stuff to right, simplify right, your life. Right, so, I mean, right. so. But I, I don't think people know what simplify means. They don't know where to begin to do that. No. And if you don't go back into, you know, maybe making sure, like you said, that you don't have a hose that's kinked up in your body someplace. You know, are you looking at your life and keeping it in balance? And then, you know, you can begin to simplify if that's what you want to do. If, if you, if, again, if you are, and I'm going to just connect with that too, mm-hmm. is that you want to simplify, oh, simplification is something I want to, you know, yes, I think there's, it's beneficial. For instance, how to do it, what, I, again, if you're working from a growing new story, uh-huh. the answer is going to be obvious. Most of the time, you say, "I need." Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I've been doing this all my life, and that's what that was about. That's what that meant. That's what, how it affected these people or that those trees or that part of the planet. And all of a sudden, once you've started to look at the whole picture, the whole story from a different perspective. 
that in itself, it's like connecting to, which we'll talk about next time, connecting with the authentic self. Uh-huh. You don't have to have the inner answers for everything. You can be a channel for the answer. Right. But you have to open that hose. That's the that's part of that that's that spiritual hose, that soul knowing that uh-huh. that we have to open up. And part of the to open that up is us to look at the whole thing from the other side and, and start to look at everything we've been doing. And it's it can be I want to say it, it's daunting, and I go back to it simply because it's like, oh, that's just so hard to do. Just look at it. Uh-huh. No one's asking you, I don't want you to do anything. Just ask yourself, wow, what is the impact of that story that we... And, and it, it percolates down. This is where we can... Racism and prejudice uh-huh. and you know religious wars, all of this stuff comes from that working... That paradigm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, the lion and the hyena compete, but they don't try to annihilate each other. Exactly. Because instinctively, exactly. they know, the, they know the that, that that's the worst thing you could do. Instinctively. Mm-hmm. And so we should be able to instinctively connect mm-hmm. with that. But in order to do that, one of the things that I have said multiple times on past shows is the average person spends 95% of their time intellectualizing. Absolutely. They're in their brain. And so if you want to figure it out, you know, and you want to figure out how to become this person, healing presence you know in our world then you have to go to your heart you have to learn to to go there that's where the intuition is and there are 40,000 brain cells there so, that can help you kind of weed through some of this like mm-hmm. is this important is this a construct that I want to hang on to or have I realized hey this doesn't serve me at all anymore mm-hmm. and I need to let that one go yeah, absolutely what we're talking be able to listen to the heart is being able to at the stage of the and that's a big part of what we do in meditation mm-hmm. is your and meditation and contemplation and all the stuff we've talked about today are would be work would be worked in in a course or a retreat where you have contemplations and meditations that help channel the energy help you touch that heart knowing mm-hmm. is that intuitive called the um, Carl Jung called it the thing the intuitive consciousness. Right. Yeah. Which and I, when you know, I mean, you do know. You, it, it resonates. It's a and knowing you go, that yeah. goes beyond the intellectualization. Exactly. And that is where, again, um, if you just connect that way, that's going to start to help you grow your story as well. It's going to help to open you. Mm-hmm. If you start to look at things, you know, oh my gosh, we're all connected. We're all this. Okay, the, the world isn't just this. The world's not a bad place. It's a good place that bad things happen in. Right. And sometimes the bad things that are happening are because we haven't given thought to the balance. Excellent. We've only seen it as this is what I want. Yeah. And you can't really understand the balance. The balance that we're talking about is at that heart level of knowing. That's where mm-hmm. you really you, you get in sync. I know what I'm supposed to do now mm-hmm. because that's what needs to be done. That's right. what I need to do right now. Right. So, and it might be, you know, just within your uh, individual family unit. Or it might be a little bit bigger and involve neighbors, or it might be bigger and involve a community. But you'll know, sure. you know, what is best for what you want to do. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So looking forward to, I'm not sure how, um, looking forward to our next time we're going to continue talking about um, channeling energy. Um, again, we don't have a visual component here, but there's a couple things I can suggest you do. Just, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first things, and I think most of you have probably at some point been taught or been exposed to just breathing, just diaphragmatic breathing, mm-hmm. just baby breathing. Have them put their um, yeah. hand on their belly because if you're not pushing the belly out with 
you know, deep breathing, you're not doing it right. And most people tend to do thoracic. That's called reverse breathing. Mm -hmm. Whereas instead, if you watch a baby breathe, as they take a breath in, the belly expands, mm -hmm. allowing the diaphragm to come down and inflate right. the lungs. Right. And then exhaling, just letting the natural, that, that breath will come out because the diaphragm wants to come Push back. Push back up. And so that, just do that. That is going to do two things. It's in any, any of the things we're, we're talking about here, if you want to contemplate on something or you, you want to um, detach from something or you just want to build space between stimulus and response, whatever, all of these things we facilitated by starting with the breath. As in a yoga practice, meditation practice, we always start with the breath. And I usually start just with a diaphragmatic breathing. It grounds and centers you, brings you into the present moment, builds stimulates the relaxation response, clears your head. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff that's clogged in the hose might start to settle. And this is a great basic way. It's a it's our birthright way of you know beginning that connection. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And channeling the energy because, as we mentioned, is that in most of the energy uh, energy system beliefs in the world, most of them recognize that that energy primarily comes into us through the breath. Mm -hmm. But we're also, I believe, also from my own experience, it comes to us through any part of our body. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that you can um, exercise, and we'll talk about next time. Maybe yeah. About. Well, <clears throat> the, um, the five senses definitely play a role here as, as people are getting centered. It's, it's what you see. Um, so if, if you're in an area that is not um, pleasing to your view, you know, then go for a walk. You know, find something that maybe is um, something that kind of restores your soul that you're going to look at, a flower, a bird, um, you know, the water, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But using the senses, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? Sometimes um, taste can be involved, you know, if we're wanting to get back in touch with ourselves, having uh, tea or uh, something with honey on it or, you know, just to stimulate the taste buds. Yep. Um, but all of it is so important and taking the time to do it. Well, what that does, those are doing too is kind of this... Uh, Obviously, when you're focusing on any one of the senses, or mm -hmm. sequentially a number of them, mm -hmm. uh, you bring yourself to the present moment. Yes, yeah. And yeah. most of our stress and anxiety, psychological, is in the, future. Is in the past or the future. Yeah, right. We're, we're regarding the past or anticipating the, the future. future right. So anything what we can do to bring ourselves into the present moment, and and what you started to describe was some ritual and ceremony. Mm -hmm. a, tea, a cup of tea can be a ritual. It can. And be. It, it's a it's a focal point. These right. little things can be energizers for yourself, can mm -hmm. be, you know, these are the kinds of tools we incorporate when we're, we're kind of discussing this broad change your world, change mm -hmm. your world, change the world kind of mindset here. You know, as we conclude this show, I, I want to point out something that I know you're aware of and I am awfully aware of all the time, is by having the television on, um, there is not a single station anymore that I can find at least that isn't talking about like Omicron now, or it was Delta, or mm. it was COVID, but all of that is fear-based. Yep. And so what people are hearing is, you know, I call it false evidence appearing real, but um, they're hearing and being bombarded every single time they turn on the TV anymore by something they're fearful of. Right. And obviously there are people that have died from it. Obviously there are more people that are going to get sick and possibly die. But it's that whole loss 
kind of an issue, like who am I going to lose or what am I going to lose, you know, that's coming down the road. So, you know, it's um, troubling to say the least because that kind of fear induces stress, which in turn induces vibrating um, or the vibrational quality of the cells becoming negative as opposed to positive. And so it, they don't function as well. It reduces your immune system. And so all of it is, is to me, you know, being a healing presence in the world does mean sometimes that you have to walk away from conflict. You have to walk away from something that is stressful if you can. And you can turn off the television. You can decide to listen to music instead. You can go for walks in nature. You can be around positive people. But you don't have to constantly be bombarded by what's going on in the world if it's causing stress. Absolutely. And I, I think as a, a signal or a sign-off of idea for me, mm-hmm. is that's a great segue into what we're going to talk about is the next, next time we're going to talk about, again, some energy blockage issues and how mm-hmm. we can work with work those. Them. And then we're going to discuss also how fear can be one of the biggest obstacles to being a healing presence. Mm-hmm. And different fears, you know, what kind of is the, the, the common denominator in fear for mm-hmm. most people? And what can, what can we do to, uh, you know, Ben said courage is not the absence of fear, it's the conquest of it. Right. It's right. not about, I have no fear. In fact, you know, the, the little, I'll end with this, the little sticker of the kid that, you know, like the little brat kid and it said, no fear. Uh-huh. You, I don't know if you've seen those little stickers that go on people's I have. Yeah. And I said, I'd like to make one that has no fear, N-O, uh-huh. fear, would cross it out and next to it have no fear, K-N-O-W. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's not no fear, it's like no fear. Know your fear. Know it. Know and it. again, mm-hmm. what's behind it. Right. And so we're going to be talking about that and... Uh, And a number of other things, probably, because some more good stories in it. Yeah, there will be. Well, thank you again. Uh, Let everybody know one more time how they can get hold of you. Easiest way would be um, email douglas, D-O-U-G-L-A-S, at warnerhealingguidance.com, all no spaces. And that's my email, and I, I, I love to hear from you guys. Open a conversation. And I know you will be back with me in uh, early spring. Yep. And uh, so I hope you have a wonderful Christmas holiday season with your family. And you too. Thank you. I intend to do so. And everybody out there, um, you know, if uh, you love the show, share it with friends. uh, Help them find us on uh, one of their favorite podcasts. Uh, Apple um, is a common one that's often used. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google uh, podcast. So we are there and go find us. Uh, also, you can uh, look at the archive shows I've done with Doug at www.synergyconnectionradio.com. Go out there and make it your best life. Thank you. See you next time. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us 
us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.